0: Welcome to the Grow Old With Me podcast,
1: where we connect our family to yours through openness and vulnerability, while keeping God's truth at the center of our discussions.
0: Welcome to the Grow Old With Me podcast. I'm Crystal here with my husband, Peter, and we are on episode 17. And today we are going to be talking about allowing our children to struggle. And I think. Um, Maybe from a mother's perspective. I don't think it's just a mother's. No, I've got it too. um, But it's, I think, I would say it's one of the most, if not the most, difficult aspects of parenting children. That's a tough claim because I bet
1: next week we come up with a new (laughs) toughest one. But yeah, it's tough.
0: But I think, yeah, just allowing them to struggle is, for me, very hard. I think my goal in parenting... We've talked about in a previous podcast how I relate to the world emotionally. And I think my biggest goal for my children, though it's a messed up goal, and right. we'll talk about that, um, is to be comfortable and happy. And um, so I think Jesus teaches us a little different than that that our children, the best thing for them is not always to be comfortable and happy. And I think, I think. Balancing that is a tough um, aspect in parenting.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, You know, I I can think of some some examples. I mean, just to relate, I think already probably anyone listening to this topic knows that having kids struggle just, it it tears a parent up inside. and, And you're always on this this battle on, well, do I get involved? And how do I get involved? And how far do I get involved? And uh, I think you you can go kind of one of two ways on on airing. And one is to just save them completely. And the other one is to just leave them out in the dogs, you know? Uh, But at the end, I think what we're going to actually try to say is uh, (laughs) even though our natural instinct may be to save them well, actually leaving them out there to struggle might long run be better for them, even though short run, it hurts uh, both parents and kid. Uh, we've got a couple stories that that we've been through recently uh, with our kids on on seeing that just to kind of make it make sense. But I remember as a dad, I took my my well, she at that time she was five, going to her very first t-ball practice, and they did a scrimmage. Uh, she hit the ball and actually did exactly like she was told, ran to first base, uh, and this this kid on the other team picked up the ball, ran over to her before she got to first, and tagged her out and we had never even talked to her about what could possibly happen if somebody tagged her out she had no idea about the possibility of even being out and she just kind of stood there just kind of confused and and hurt and kind of awestruck and there's people watching and embarrassed and i couldn't help as the dad to to just feel like maybe i failed her and it's my responsibility that she felt that way and i just wanted to run out there and and get that kid who kept taking her over and over again away from her and pick her up on my shoulders and put her in the car and take her home and never make her play t-ball again (laughs) And I mean, I think that's, an, I mean, my, my emotions were all over the place and, and, and I didn't, I just kind of sat there and, and, and let her deal with it. And I think it was hard for her, but she went back the next week and over the course of time, I think she enjoyed it. And already now here in the winter of Minnesota, we are, uh,
0: she's asking about T-ball and if she can do it again. Yeah. And I don't know if she, if she would have, if we had not kept saying, no, nope, we're going to go back and we're going to. We're going to try it again. Um, And I think another example is when we bring our kids to school, our preschool kids are outside with, I don't know, is it all the way up to fourth grade? Oh yeah, you're right, fourth grade. I think fourth grade. Um, But I think those fourth graders can look pretty large to a preschool student. And they've all been very nice, but both of our kids have struggled with that outside recess time um, before school starts. And I think with Emily, we we uh, pulled the helicopter parents and we rescued her from it, and <laughs> she just sat in our classrooms until her classes started. And with Caleb, we've been yeah kind of sending him out with his sister, making and we <laughs> we've been like Emily, you need to. Stay by him, but she doesn't always. And then we watch at the door and it's painful.
1: Yeah, because here we are helicopter parents still trying to do our best to let go. And here you can see us two parents just standing outside the windows, just watching our kid awkwardly <laughs> stand there, not knowing how to interact with the older kids.
0: But it is painful, I think, to watch him, you know, wander around and try to find somebody to play with. And yeah, But it doesn't do any good when we try to jump in and, and fix things for him. He's not going to learn those social skills. He's not going to learn how to ask other people to play with him. so it's a delicate balance and like I said I would I mean there's a temptation every time to rescue them from every little thing but in the long run it's not really what's best for them right
1: yeah that was kind of illustrated with another story that uh Crystal just found on some other mom's blog she's really good about hearing from other blogs but uh kind of more intense example um And I'm going to let you tell it, Crystal, because I don't actually remember it as well, but it was about a a young boy who, at the age of nine, um, ended up lighting himself on fire uh, on accident with gasoline and and had 100% of his skin covered with burns and was in a burn unit. But I'll let you kind
0: of take it on what happened. Uh, It's actually linked in our show notes as well. It's the Hands Free Mama blog, and the title is Your Role in a Loved One's Struggle. But, um... A man named John O'Leary, like Peter said, had accidentally lit himself on fire as a child, kind of just playing around with with it. And he got home, and his hands, He, I believe he lost all of his fingers. Yeah, they
1: were all amputated to the first knuckle.
0: And his mom made, it was like, au gratin potatoes, I think. And his sister, seeing that he didn't have fingers and didn't know how he was going to feed himself, just went and took the fork and went up to his mouth. And his mom was like, no, John will feed himself. Right. And he said he remembers being really mad at her and just feeling like she was cold and mean. Um, But then he later describes how that was the best thing for him. And he's not sure he would have accomplished all he's accomplished today had his mom not pushed him and made him learn the skills. And I think I, as a mother, I just can't see doing it. I can see how, how it was the best thing for him. But I think that's just a hard, that's a hard step to take there. Yeah. Um, A kid who's already been through so much to, but but ultimately it's what ended up helping him.
1: Yeah, we, we hear uh, just in a little bit of the excerpt that I heard Crystal read to me, it, it, it seems like he attributes that moment into his life as his kind of a turning point on his perspective, saying that I, I'm not going to be able to have somebody take care of me the whole time. At some point, I'm going to have to stand up on my own two feet, regardless of the fact that I am now I now have a disability. I'm going to have to be able to feed myself. This is something that I'm going to have to find ways, even though it's harder for me to take care of myself. And he actually says that he, there's no way he'd be the man he is today. If his mom hadn't taken that hard stand when he was just coming out of the hospital as a burn victim.
0: So I am growing increasingly thankful that God left us his word. (laughs) Um, And when we're in it, I feel like we learn so much about what Jesus wants for our lives. And I feel like if we are in his word, it can provide comfort for us in times where um, things feel out of control. In John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus tells us, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And it's not, I think it's hard to know that we will have trouble in the world, but what a blessing it is that Jesus has overcome the world, and we can go to him for anything. Um, And we've also been focusing on the Great Commission recently. As a couple, we've been talking about what it means for our lives and how our lives should look following the Great Commission. And I'll read it here. It's Matthew chapter 28, verses... 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I think what we want to take away here with our children is We wanna teach our children the Great Commission for one. We want them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. And the last part again, it's the same as John. Um, He is with us always to the very end of the age. We are not alone. We can go to him even if our kids are struggling, even if things seem bleak. We aren't alone, he's with us.
1: Right, I think that's kind of a key thing to help us through our struggles, but I think as we can remind ourselves as our kids struggle, um, is that we just need to depend on God and keep an eternal perspective that even though things are maybe hard right now, we're actually, our goal is to build treasure in heaven. Um, So I think... Uh, it's, it's great to remind ourselves of the words of Jesus himself saying that it's going to be hard, but I'm with you. I think that's something that is, is good for ourselves and for our kids. Uh, go, going outside of uh, Jesus, we go to, to James. Uh, we've read this one in the pod, podcast before, but uh, again, James 1, Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Uh, I realize that this is actually talking about facing trials, probably uh, on uh, like Christian persecution. uh, When you face trials for doing what's right. Uh, But I think it can apply even to our five and six year olds or our our children that um, at the end of the day, it's, it's through difficulty that we grow, that we develop perseverance and maturity. Um, And I think if we could keep that in mind, we'd be less likely as parents to just swoop on in and save those kids when things go wrong. And actually, if we could, even though it's terribly difficult to view those as growth opportunities.
0: And even I think we can think of it this way, too. When we do swoop in, we're kind of blocking Jesus from them Mm. because they're not needing him as much because we're right there solving all their problems for them. So why would they have to call out to Jesus? They're not struggling. Right. I know he's with us, but usually I think if we think about our lives, when is it that we feel the closest to him? And I think we can all look back and think, oh, it's when I've been struggling. Right. Because all these things that provide us comfort in life almost block us from Jesus. And I, I think... I've been a blocker of Jesus from my child like it's like almost like I'm standing between him and my children. Yeah. Trying to be their savior when I am not.
1: <laughs> Jesus says he he didn't come for the healthy but the sick. Um and it it's it's easier for those who are in need to rely on Jesus than those who are comfortable. Uh, and it kind of goes against our our parenting instincts, but you're right that it it can provide reliance on God to allow them to go through Difficulty. Um, and I think finally, uh, you hear the same kind of idea again in, in Romans 5. Uh, Romans 5 says not in verse 3, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And I kind of look through those... Um, traits that that you develop as a result of going through hardship perseverance character hope and those are the kind of traits that i I would hope for for not just myself but ultimately as a as a father I, I want my children to develop those so that so that they are adults who can persevere and who have character and are able to use that to, to kind of uh, provide hope for their lives
0: so now that we have covered why we shouldn't um rescue our kids from everything and not allow them to struggle. I'd like to talk a little bit about some practical ways that we can make that happen. Um, Peter and I read a book called Parenting with Love and Logic a year or two ago and they said that the number one thing that parents can do is allow your children to fail <laughs> before the the stakes are higher. So when they're younger, giving them choices and allowing them to like suffer the consequence of that choice. So that when they're young, they learn disappointment and they learn that mom and dad aren't going to swoop in and fix everything for them. So then when all of a sudden they're 16 and the stakes are higher, they kind of know my choices have consequences and actions for them. So hopefully they will be making better choices by that point. So that is a book we would recommend is Parenting with Love and Logic. Goes a lot with this topic. Um, But another thing, there was another blog post from A Mother Far From Home that we referenced in the show notes. And she said to find a balance between not being too controlling and to not be controlling enough. And I think that love and logic book solves a lot of those. Like they give examples and they, they really do a good job of telling, just kind of teaching parents how to parent giving choices and empathy was a big, when the choices don't work out the way the child wants them to, then that's our time to come in and provide empathy so that we're loving them still. Um, but I think what happens when we are too controlling is kids feel controlled and they're either going to get defiant and just um, step out of, out of your control so that they can have control or they are going to grow up not being able to make choices on their own. They're not going to understand. And then if we're not controlling enough, then they don't know the boundaries Right. They, <laughs> we just need to set up clear expectations for them. Right.
1: Yeah. I, I think uh, on that blog post, like there's a metaphor made on a bowling alley where if you're too controlling, it's like you're rolling the pin or rolling the ball for them and they never actually learn how to roll the ball themselves. But if you're not, con- or if, what is it? If you're not controlling enough, that's like you're you're kind of letting them have an unpredictable step where they're not going to actually have any idea where they're even aiming the ball or, you know, what's going to have a goal or a purpose of whether it's going to be keeping score or it's, you know, what's going to happen. So I think there's kind of that metaphor in there. I kind of referenced back. I think that was good on there. Um, but as far as developing into families that allow children to struggle, I think one thing as parents we have to do is just be able to step back when those difficulties come and they will because we all have been there and give ourselves that pep talk as it's happening, that we're not going to run in there and save our kids. We're not going to open the door and pick them up in our arms and save them from that awkward social situation. And we're not necessarily going to run home and get that homework assignment that they forgot on the counter or, uh, whatever else it's going to be, uh, to, to help them learn from their own choices. Um, to help them uh, become familiar with struggle. And I think there's something with uh, being familiar with difficulty that will help them for the next time. Um, I think just just knowing as, as we encounter a new situation that, that we've been through difficulty in the past and we now have a, a confidence because we made it to the other side of that difficulty last time.
0: And I think we all have instances in our life where we feel like well, there was something hard, and you walked through it, and then the next time you walked through either the same situation or something similar, it doesn't—it didn't seem as scary or intense. And that's how we grow, and that's how our children are going to grow, also. Um, and the last thing we came up with was praying and allowing our children to be in God's hands and not our own. I think we need to understand that our lives, nothing is guaranteed. Um, our safety is not guaranteed. Our health is not guaranteed and it is not guaranteed for our children either. And relying on God is the only way we are going to get through this life. And I think that gets more intense when you become parents and the more kids you have, the more reliant on God you need to be. And I think that's why a lot of people say, um, that they grow closest to God in parenthood because it's such a, uh, (laughs) you lose control when you become a parent. You just do.
1: I I think in addition to um, growing in our own reliances in those prayers, I know this is going to maybe be a hard thing to sell too, but to be praying for our children's reliance on Christ as well. And uh, realizing that in doing that, um, that might even be inviting some extra difficulties to cross their paths. Um, But remember again, in those things that it's through the difficulties that our kids can grow reliance on Jesus Christ and it's only through that that they can can become mature uh, Christians. So, next time our kids are going through difficulty and our instincts beckon us to hover in for the rescue, let's take a step back and remember our goals as Christian parents. We want our children to develop the courage to follow Jesus with perseverance. Instead of going for the save, let's resolve to pray and redirect their pain to the only one who can provide the comfort they need, Jesus.